welcome to the latest episode of Public Power Now. I'm Paul Schimpoli, News Director of APPA. We're joined today by Aram Benjamin, CEO of Colorado Springs Utilities. Aram, thanks for joining us today. Thank you, Paul. Thank you for having me. Well, we really appreciate it. Um, and we've got a lot of ground to cover today, so I'm just going to go ahead and dive into um, our first question, which relates to the utility's sustainable energy plan. Could you talk about the key elements of the plan and, and what's the timeline for the, the plan's uh, implementation? Sure. So the basis of uh, our plans moving forward, just like any other uh, utility, uh, is to kind of chart the way for us to uh, have a plan for the next uh, several decades on what the uh, utility is going to look like. So uh, starting from our uh, generation mix, you know, having uh, fuel uh, that is no longer going to be in our future. So coal uh, being one of the uh, power plants that we want to transition from and the many other infrastructure build-outs that we have to do. So the basis for all these plans that we have in place uh, would, would have been the uh, electric integrated resource plan that our board approved uh, back in uh, June of 2020. So um, although we all know the pandemic and all the challenges that has presented, uh, we had moved forward with a very, very robust plan on transitioning the utility to uh, something uh, that's going to be much more, uh, you know, uh, sustainable uh, for the future generations to come. So um, when when we put all these uh, plans together, uh, we wanted to uh, put it under a program management called the Sustainable Energy Plan. So um, it includes uh, the change of the resources uh, that we have, the coal power plant that we currently have, which is Drake Power Plant, uh, we'll, we would have had uh, you know, to be decommissioned by no later than um, December of 2022. Uh, so that's a pretty aggressive, uh, you know, uh, change of plans for us to be able to replace the energy uh, from that coal source uh, plant. Um, so the elements are um, resources, new resources that we're putting in place. We have uh, acquired, we have entered into an agreement with uh, General Electric for these six, uh, uh, you know, 30 megawatt units, gas units that are going to be uh, delivered and uh, we're going to uh, have them uh, on the site of the old coal plant. Uh, but all the components of our electric grid uh, would have been uh, reviewed and uh, our plans would be to, uh, you know, upgrade our transmission system, our substation system, our feeders, all the uh, assets that we have in order for us to uh, be able to uh, transition to the, this uh, um, integrated resource plan that we had put in place. We also have our second coal plant, which is Nixon Power Plant. Our uh, it's it's been uh, you know decided that we are going to be decommissioning that plant no later than December 2029. So as you see, um, I mean we have some major transition to go through and. Our sustainable energy plan is to make sure that not only we are putting uh, together the plans for us to transition our infrastructure and get the new resources in place, but the fundamentally is we want to make sure our workforce and our organization is uh, very comfortable as we move this transition. We want to make sure our employees are are uh, uh, retrained and uh, placed in in uh, in the organization in areas where we need them to. Uh, we have committed uh, not to have any um, 
uh, displacement of our employees. Uh, we are working very hard to make sure they are uh, part of our plan as we move forward. So our sustainable energy plan has many components and hopefully we'll, we'll go into uh, more details of uh, you know what, what we're planning, how we're planning, and then the interdependencies of all these plans moving forward. Great. Now you touched upon actually what was going to be my next question, which is the um, we referenced the the GE uh, providing six new uh, natural gas generators to the utility. Can you provide any additional details on that? Sure. So part of the transition um, and and the way we we approach this is is coal um, Drake power plant is uh, is the first one. Of course, uh, December twenty twenty two is around the corner. And what we wanted to do, Paul, is uh, to make sure that um, uh, reliability is a top priority for our system. So uh, because we have a lot of uh, projects in place to rewire the system, so we're basically taking a power plant that has been in existence for uh, several decades, you know, um, uh, in in what, what it's very, very close to the downtown Colorado Springs um, uh, load centers, um, so it's going to take us uh, a while for us to rewire the system, and and uh, we have a transmission project that is uh, coming from the east side of the city to the center of downtown. Um, for us to be able to do all those uh, projects, uh, we we have looked at um, what is the best fit for us to make sure that uh, the coal units are uh, taken out of commission, uh, but we replace it with some sort of a a very, very um, flexible generation source. Uh, General Electric uh, units was uh, was the one we picked and we entered into an agreement with General Electric for them to manufacture and deliver uh, these units, uh, a very aggressive schedule that we have put in place. So these units will actually uh, be 30 unit, um, 30 megawatt uh, units, six of them, are going to be delivered and installed at the site where the coal plant used to be. And the reason for that is reliability. Of course, uh, by the time we rewire the system, those units are necessary to have uh, the same location that the coal units existed and the whole um, uh, uh, infrastructure was built around that generation that we've had for many decades. So these units will be um, will have different characteristics than a coal uh, fired power plant, uh, which means that these units are extremely uh, sophisticated. We have them um, ramp up and ramp ramp down as we integrate more uh, renewables coming into our system. We have uh, several hundreds megawatts of solar that are going to be brought into our system. These units are made for uh, ramp up and ramp down uh, very quickly. Uh, compared to an old coal plant, which is not uh, was not designed and was not meant to have as part of our future, um, these units will provide us with the reliability. It will provide us with the flexibility of operating and integrating renewable resources. And um, you know, we we have plans for these units to be uh, dismantled and moved to a new location uh, as the city grows to the east of us. When we are done with the transmission upgrades and we no longer need to generate from that uh, um, uh, point uh, that we had uh, old coal units in. So the plans are for these units to come in um, uh, end of this year. We will we will start getting delivery of those units. 
uh, we will uh, go ahead and get the permit uh, secured for us to exchange the coal uh, permit to a new um, new generation source. And then uh, we're looking at 2024, 2025 is when these units will be dismantled and then uh, moved over to the permanent location, which is going to be east of us. Uh, and that would be completing the cycle of the upgrades that we are going through right now. Great. So um, switching gears here. Um, so so the utility is um, developing this advanced technologies campus. I'm wondering if you could um, provide uh, details on the key elements of the campus and what's the timeline for um, completing its development? So uh, so part of the, uh, the plans, uh, not only we planned for the decommissioning of the coal plant and, and installing these temporary uh, units at the, at the site, uh, we had planned for where these units uh, would be uh, located in the future. So 2025 is the horizon that that I gave for uh, uh, dismantling and moving these units to the east of the city. Uh, so this this location that we purchased 160 acres of uh, land that would be the future site of advanced technology campus. Uh, uh, Part of that is going to be the, the relocation of these these uh, G units into that campus. So it's going to occupy a portion of that campus. But that campus is is meant to have more than just having a generation location there. So uh, we are looking at different configuration, and part of it is the consideration to support our military installations uh, that we, uh, what our customers that are military installations around us here. So, we have given the military um, installations top priority as far as resiliency and reliability. So, part of our plan is to be able to configure those units so we can give additional reliability. Our system is reliable as it exists right now, but we want to be going above and beyond to make sure um, our bases are are taken care of when it comes to reliability and resiliency. So that's our commitment to our military customers, and we want to make sure our plans includes them. On top of it, Paul, it's going to be a campus where we're going to have uh, different technologies of the future um, uh, uh, exists there. So hydrogen, these units are made to accept hydrogen as a fuel. Uh, so we want to make sure not only we learn about the the technology, we, we have facilities that will accept the changes and experimentation of how these uh, fuels can be uh, integrated into our generation mix. So that's going to be part of our, uh, our uh, future look. We also want to do um, what, what we see the future of distributed generation and microgrids um, as we uh, configure, you know, control systems and, uh, you know, different um, uh, configuration of what a microgrid might look like on the new development. So we have a portion of the campus that's going to be dedicated for, um, you know, learning and advancing our knowledge on controls and uh, configuration on on what a microgrid might look like. Uh, and we are dealing with uh, developers in, in the city here uh, to make sure they're partnering with us. As we develop the communities of the future, we want to make sure that whatever technology we see fit uh, in the communities of the future, that we will have a partner that will actually implement these uh, changes that we want to make. 
also, uh, so I'm I'm just going around, uh, you know, what a campus a campus future campus is going to look like. So right now it's just an empty empty lot, but we have a lot of uh, plans for putting the substation there, which is going to take, um, which is going to cut into our 230 kV transmission line that goes by the the parcel there. We also have um, facilities that are going to be. Um, doing research and uh, and 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 uh, experimentation on electric vehicle charging, uh, the control of those uh, devices uh, as we deploy them throughout the city, and um, uh, you know self-driving vehicles and the infrastructure we need when it comes to communications and uh, other infrastructure that we need to have in order for us to have a safe and secure. Uh, you know, transportation system that is relying on technology and self-driving um, advancements that we would see in the next, uh, you know, five, ten years, uh, you know, coming, uh, you know, to the city and, and making sure that we are ready for deploying those technologies. So these are all things that we have plans for. These are going to be done in phases. Um, the first phase, it's going to be, of course, the generating uh, units, the GE units that are going to be coming in by 2024, 2025 uh, period. But before that, we want to put a, a substation there, which is going to be uh, done uh, the next few years. That substation will be installed there in preparation for the future of the where the generations are going to generating units are going to go. So uh, we we see this is a long term view of of how we're going to evolve into the campus. Uh, configuration. Uh, we're going to start with the substation, moving the generators. We're going to add more uh, buildings. You know that will uh, will have uh, that will house some uh, labs that we're we're going to be uh, experimenting with the transportation segments, the communications, and we want to have that center as the uh, the hub for us to not only to be very agile in, in how we uh, look into technology and how we adopt to it, but we also want to be, uh, you know, uh, training our employees and our engineers and our operators for what the future holds, you know, when it comes to these devices uh, uh, that uh, we want to make sure the public knows that we we, we are going to have these deployed safely and they could rely on these uh, for charging their vehicles or or communications that they would have in order for them to uh, have their cars, um, you know, uh, use technology that we will have next five to 10 years. Great. Um, so um, just switching gears here in terms of renewables, um, uh, one of the things that, you know, we cover, cover utility regularly in our newsletter, and one of the things we reported on was the fact that in September, um, the utility signed a PPA um, for all the output of a 175 megawatt solar power project that will be coupled with a uh, battery energy storage system. Um, so kind of against that backdrop, um, love to hear your thoughts in terms of what role you see battery storage playing for Colorado Springs utilities going forward. And kind of more specifically, um, do you anticipate additional solar plus uh, battery storage projects or standalone battery storage projects? Uh, so, uh, so the PPA right now is for um, 175 megawatts of solar packaged with 25 megawatts battery. I think we saw that as the beginning of what we see as the future of these uh, these configurations, and and I kind of touched on it on the advanced technology campus. 
what we want to do is is uh, kind of uh, learn more about you know the characteristics of what a storage uh, uh, asset looks like when it comes to utility scale charge and discharge capability so um, the the contractor that we entered into the contract they they're going to design procure and install the battery uh, pack with the 175 megawatt solar but your question about you know what we see our future of storage is is differ different than than having it as central i think central storage is going to play a role you know when it comes to support of the grid you know whether it's voltage support or or capacity um, uh, you know capabilities that we have as on a grid level but i think we want to learn more about what what would be the optimal way for us to distribute these batteries you know whether they're they're smaller um, you know uh, half a meg uh, batteries in substations or uh, one megawatt batteries across um, many many different neighborhoods and where they would be uh, situated and how they would be controlled these are all questions that we have that we don't have a clear answer to but i think our appetite is to make sure that uh, we are always curious about you know how these technologies can fit to benefit our grid when it comes to reliability how it benefits our customer you know when it comes to having storage you know on renewables that they would generate on their rooftops you know for us to be able to store and discharge these devices it's going to be something that we're very curious to know and we want to know it quickly and we want to know uh, how we can operate safely and we want to do that so i think we see this is just the beginning of uh, of something that could be very beneficial to our system when it comes to you know, either deferring our capital investments that we otherwise would do, um, you know, on our distribution system and having these batteries located in strategically throughout our system, you know, will give us the that reliability that we're seeking. And uh, without investing too much um, on the capital improvements uh, based on the model we've known uh, be, uh, before, before we have these technologies introduced. So I think I think we see an opportunity there for us to be able to be uh, deploying these devices in a way that will uh, that will open up our many many opportunities for us when it comes to uh, generation that is coming from our customers. You know, they want to generate their own electricity. Uh, you know, whether it's a rooftop or or other means. You know, subscribing to utility programs that will give them 100% renewable source of energy uh, businesses that want to go into uh, you know subscribing to renewable energy that they would be accounting for and how we can support them so uh, the 25 megawatts is just the beginning paul we 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 see this as as an opportunity for us to even go to different levels of configuration that i think we we haven't seen yet but we're ready we're able we will we will bring this technology in we will learn how batteries operate, you know, and how storage operates and how we can integrate it to benefit our customer. We as a public uh, utility, we want to make sure our customers know that, um, you know, we, we are going to pick the best fit for our systems as these technologies are introduced. And we don't want our city or our customers to kind of fall behind on how they can benefit this to whatever whatever future holds. And great. And so, and just kind of segueing into, um, you know, you mentioned uh, 
benefiting customers. Um, Colorado Springs Utilities recently entered into a pilot project to provide res- responsibly sourced gas to its customers. Um, so I wanted to know if you could offer uh, an overview of this pilot project for our listeners. Sure. Uh, so so we entered into an, um, basically a pilot project with uh, Project Canary, and this is a Denver-based company that has approached us, uh, not, not approached us, and the uh, the wholesale uh, gas trans, uh, you know, company that we deal with um, in this area, and and the premise was very very um, uh, in line with what our environmental um, you know responsibility is as a public utility. So they approached us with this uh, proposal. Uh, to to install, monitor, report, and uh, give real-time information on the source of the uh, gas, um, you know, exploration um, areas where we where we buy from. So, um, so the idea is to make sure that the methane uh, emissions or any other secondary emissions from those operations are monitored, continuously monitored and reported to make sure that the operators of the facilities are being responsible to make sure those sources are are uh, capped and extinguished um, as they do the drilling for the natural gas that we want to use so it's a it's a it's a very very um, innovative program uh, and, and it does is is uh, uh, in, uh, monitors reports and uh, finds a real-time solution for eliminating the secondary emissions from the operations, so we can proudly say that the uh, that we were we we were willing to pay for the expense of doing this, but it's a small price to pay to make sure that when we are using natural gas for generation or for our heating purposes or uh, you know the the the, the individual uh, uh, use of uh, natural gas that we are sourcing it from areas where we know the operators are using. The state of the art to make sure they minimize the impact uh, of, of uh, you know, exploring and, and transporting uh, the natural gas to our system. Great. And just kind of wrapping things up, um, and turning to the topic of transmission, um, there was the recently uh, announced Colorado Power Pathway Transmission Project. Um, so kind of two-part question. One, could you kind of just give an overview of that project? And second, um, how is that project going to benefit customers of Colorado Springs Utilities? Yeah, so that's that's something that uh, we kind of, uh, uh, the partnership that we have in, in Colorado, you know, uh, our, our governor has set, uh, you know, pretty, uh, you know, clear goals on on how the state is going to move into re- reduction of uh, carbon footprint uh, when it comes to the electric sector, and and we as the industry, uh, of course, public utilities, we have a very good relationship with each other, and we could we could uh, we could uh, we could pull off projects together as a public utility. But I think in this case, this was one of those. Uh, uh, instances where where utility sector as a whole whether it's a private uh, privately owned utility or publicly owned utility we had almost identical goals when it came to uh, making sure that we have infrastructure that we can jointly build for us to bring in uh, resources from different areas of the state to our load center so uh, the traditional uh, generation of course you bring the fuel to the generating unit. In this case, when it comes to solar and wind and other resources, we have to go where the fuel is. 
And that means you have to have the wires and the infrastructure in order for us to bring that generation into the load centers. Uh, we partnered um, Excel, Excel Energy, uh, you know, uh, with uh, Platte River, uh, Black Hills, and Tri-State, and and anybody that wanted wanted to partner with us to kind of explore in on on a high level terms, um, you know, what what uh, the future holds when it comes to joint projects or anything that we could do together in order for us to be to be able to share resources and and to do projects together so we can benefit the entire state or the region for for that uh, matter um in this case uh, this project is is one of those um uh projects that we want to be based on on the need for us to build a infrastructure that reaches into an area where it's rich in uh, in this case you know many uh, wind projects uh, that could be developed in the northeast corner of the state or uh, southern Wyoming or any of those areas where they have resources in, in the wind generation. And then on the south end, uh, you know, trying to get to more solar uh, generation uh, and then, of course, bringing all these generating uh, resources into our load centers, whether it's Denver or Colorado Springs or or any area of the state, uh, northern, um, you know, uh, a Platte River area or 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 other cities that want to be participating in it. So overall, having these projects done as a joint uh, entity is always good for the customer because the benefits that they reap from having these large projects is proportional to the benefits that they're getting and the cost and benefits will be in line with what cities are willing to invest in. These are large billions of dollars of investments that uh, that need a structure and that needs focus in order for them to get built. And I think we have that uh, that vision as as a whole bunch of utilities get together in order for us to pull these off uh, to benefit our our cities and our customers. Great, well, Arm. Thanks again so much for taking the time out today. We really appreciate it. And I have to say. Um, before we end our conversation, that uh, when the time is uh, is ripe, I'd love to actually maybe do an on- on-site visit of that advanced technologies campus, given everything that you're describing. It sounds really interesting. So once yeah. the pandemic has, has uh, finally gone away, um, I'd love to, love to maybe arrange to come out there and, and check it out firsthand. Yeah, you have an open invitation anytime you want to come. We're, we would love to show you what our vision is and what our plans are. So anytime. All right, I appreciate it. Well, again, thanks again for taking the time today. Really appreciate it.